for far too long. We've been told what to do, what to think, how to be. No more. The old paradigm is crumbling, falling all around us. Burn it all. It's my mission to bring you back to your natural state of luxury, to lead you to an empowered place with energetic intention. Luxury is a personal, expansive experience, one that's been kept from you, hidden away, a soul experience broken into a million pieces. Luxuriously fierce is for those who know there's more, who desire more, even if you don't know what more is. It's for those who are ready to burn old paradigms to the ground and walk through the flames to the other side. For those who are ready to be bold in their being, fierce in their feminine. Luxuriously Fierce is not just a brand, it's a movement. It's not something I do, it's something I am. Together, we are setting fire to the old and forging a new path. A new world. One where openness and truth are the norm. Where changing the world begins with healing yourself. If you're here on this earth, in this lifetime, to light a fire and burn everything you believe to be true to the ground, Welcome to my world. Burn it all and watch the ashes fly. Welcome back to the Luxuriously Fierce podcast. I am so excited today to have the very fierce, very first human design conversation on this podcast. Human design is something that I have been learning more about personally learning more about my human design and what that means and what that looks like and feels like for me and it's been so expansive and so much fun and so I'm really excited to have this conversation because I know what learning about my human design has done for me and so I know what it can do for all of you and so I'm so excited to have Cindy Ragger here Cindy is a human design expert and intuition coach she supports women on their journey of personal development and stepping into alignment. She also coaches feminine energetics and manifestation. So all of the things, which is so amazing. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I really just want to dive all into human design, but <laughs> can you uh, tell us a little bit about you and your work and how you got started in human design and a little bit about your journey here? Yeah, absolutely. So I have studied human design for the last four years, and I found human design very organically on my own personal development journey, as most tools and, and sort of things come into our life. So I was studying manifestation, feminine energetics, embodying all of those things, integration, right? And then all of a sudden, I stumbled across human design. And what we'll talk about later is we're both manifestors. When I found out my human design, we're only 8% of the population. So it was this light bulb moment. And I always say I fell in love with human design. And then my profile, which we could talk about is a 5-1. So it's like that investigator part of me. I just dove all in, kind of learned the ins and outs. And I thought, what a beautiful 
integration between manifestation, feminine energetics, and human design, because they all really tie together so nicely. So that's sort of how I found human design. And then I've been online for the last two years now. And previous to my coaching business, I have worked in physiotherapy for the last 12 years as well. So always helping people with healing and helping people, you know, get better. But now it's more on an energetic level and a personal development level rather than physical level. So it's kind of cool to have both sides as well. I love that. And there's so much in human design. And I remember when I first learned about my human design, it was like, like you said, it was like a light bulb moment. And when you start to learn about your design and what that means for you versus how you've kind of been showing up in the world and showing up as yourself and even been programmed and we, we can dive into this a little bit later, but like us manifestors are typically kind of programmed by external, you know, rules and society and all the things to be more of manifesting generator energy because us manifestors, we have like such a big energy and such a big aura and we're very intuitive in the way that, you know, something comes to us and we're like, great, this makes absolutely no sense. This has never been done before let's do it. Let's dive in. And I, and I remember that feeling of learning that about myself and being like, oh, and, the, you know, remembering those moments in my life that I did run with that manifestor energy and recognizing the difference in how I felt and the way that I showed up for myself in that manifestor energy versus the manigen energy that I was trying to fit myself into, stuff myself into. And it's so, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. And I remember, I remember that the, like thinking, you know, because the manifestors, 8% of the population, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not a lot of people, right? And I have green eyes, which is 2% of the population. I just remember being like, I'm so rare. Yes. I love it. But yes, let's, where do we start? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You know, where is he? What is human design? Like in yeah. a kind of nutshell for anybody who's like, what in fuck are they talking about? Absolutely. Yes. That's a good place to start. <laughs> so for anybody new to human design, what it is, is a combination of four systems. So the systems themselves that make up human design are ancient systems. We've had them around for a long time. We have astrology, quantum physics, the I Ching or the Kabbalah, and the chakra system. So a lot of people maybe haven't heard of the I Ching or the Kabbalah, but quantum physics, astrology, and the chakra system are pretty basic systems. If you've been in personal development or spirituality, you know of these things. And if you've ever looked up your astrology chart, it's specific, but it's still one piece to that puzzle, right? It only kind of shows us the astrological piece. So human design combines these four systems together, making us like able to see all of you, all right, all the components, like where are we conditioned? Where are your power centers? What are your gifts? Where, how do you work with other people? How do you manifest? Human design even goes as deep as like how we digest food, how, what environments we thrive in. So there are so many layers, but you can also just use it on a kind of superficial level of just knowing more about yourself, or you can take it into the depths and really dive into the shadow work, right? And, and what patterns we see coming up What's keeping you stuck? Um, what could be causing resistance in relationship, right? So human design is very vast, but that's what makes up the human design system. And then we can talk a little bit about the energy types if you want to dive into that now. Yeah. 
Yeah. So in human design, you'll hear energy types is one of the main things. What is your energy type? And as we've been talking, we've been talking about where manifest your energy types. So the five types, we're actually talking about your aura. So it's the energy you give off, the energy that you interact with other people and the universe, right? Because this energy is how we move through life, but it's also what people kind of feel from us, right? So the five types are generators, manifesting generators, manifestors, projectors, and reflectors. So generator energy types have an open and enveloping aura. So they're 80% roughly, and they're kind of like the happy-go-lucky, friendly people, easygoing. They have consistent energy available to them, and they're builders. They're here to master what lights them up and build something, right? A business, art, whatever that. Manifesting generators are a subtype of a generator. So they still have the open and enveloping aura. They're still the same org type but they're 10% of that E. So they're kind of like the generators on steroids or the express builders, the energizer bunnies. So they just have a little bit of like extra personality. They might learn things faster. They might do things quicker because they have that manifesting energy there. And they also have a defined throat center, which is what makes them the manifesting part of the generator, okay? (laughs) And they both have a defined sacral, which if you ever look up your chart, you'll see there are nine centers and the red square second from the bottom. If you are a generator or mani gen, you'll have that square colored in and will be red. That's what gives you your life force energy. And we'll talk a bit about that as we get into kind of maybe inner authorities, but manifestors, projectors, and reflectors will always have that center open. So they're completely different energy types. Then we have manifestors, which is what both of us are, which is rare. We only make up about 8% of the population. So our energy type is repelling and dense, and it's not repelling as in off-putting. It's repelling, meaning we push things out of our way to accomplish something. We're here to initiate, start projects, get the ball rolling, um, you know, create a new path that maybe hasn't been done before. We tend to be leaders, and it tends to be a bit of an intense energy because of this dense repelling aura. It's in a sense kind of say, get out of my way. I've got shit to do, right? (laughs) So an aligned manifester is actually very peaceful. And if they're following their strategy, which we can talk about, it's a very natural process of initiating and creating. However, if any of these um, designs or types are out of alignment, we can always feel what's called the not selfie, which is frustration, anger, bitterness. So no matter what type you are, you can still be in alignment or out of alignment, okay? And with all the types, there's no good or bad. It's just who you are, right? It's accepting who you are, not comparing and saying, well, I wish I was a generator. I wish I was a manifester, et cetera, okay? So yes, that's the manifester, repelling and dense, here to initiate. And then we have projectors, which have kind of like a sniper-like aura. Projectors are here to guide typically guide the generators. They're here to more guide because manifestors are very independent aura. So projectors are here to give wisdom and to share their knowledge about that bird's eye view because a projector can sort of pull themselves outside of the situation. They can separate their emotions and they can sort of give that guidance from a third party project for perception (laughs) rather than being emotionally involved. Now, again, we want to follow our strategies, which we can talk about next, but you want to wait for the invitation as a projector. 
because they have this sniper-like aura, they get right to the G center or the heart of that person. So if it's like unsolicited advice, if you're giving someone your wisdom and advice, if they didn't invite you to do that, it can be a little invasive, like, whoa, I didn't ask for that. Or, you know, don't tell me what to do. You can sometimes meet resistance. Okay. So for projectors, it's important to ask, you know, can I give you advice or wait till somebody invites you? And if you're a coach, it's perfect. Because if you get hired as a coach, you are being asked to be the leader. You are being asked for your wisdom, right? So then we've got reflectors and they are completely open. They have no definition. They have what's called a Teflon aura. So they are the hardest energy type to condition, meaning like change who they are, right? They're very authentic. But with this sampling aura, reflectors are here to reflect back the energy of the collective. So if you kind of have that friend that's a reflector, it's like they'll kind of show you the energy you're giving off. Or if they go to a party or if you have a kid that's a reflector and they're hanging out with a specific group of kids, they're going to come home in that energy. Are they happy? Are they sad? Are they emotional? It's not always that it's them being that way. They're kind of just reflecting and absorbing the energy they're around. So every energy type has a different role to play in the collective, right? Um, and projectors, sorry, are around 10% and reflectors are only 1% of our population. Yeah. So that's the very kind of soap notes basics of, of the energy types. Like you said, there's so much, there's so much depth in human design. And even, even that overview, I feel like is very, it's a lot. It can be, it can be really heavy. And, you know, I, two of the mentors that I've worked with in the past have been, well, not have been, they still are. (laughs) Your human design does not change. They're, they're both projectors. Okay. Yeah. And I remember saying to one of them one time that I, I really enjoyed working with her because for, for me, when I'm working with someone, I, you know, I don't take hints very well. You know, if you're kind of beating around the bush, giving me information, I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> and she's not like that. And so I, I said to her, you have a very, you know, not very upfront way of saying things, but in a very gentle manner. Right. And, and she was so, she was like, I love you for saying that. She was like, that's exactly like where I feel at home, like where I feel my most self. And, and I just, I love those moments. Even when I see them in other people, like when you get to connect your being and your energy and the way that you show up for yourself and for other people, especially if you are a coach and you get to connect all of that with your human design. Yeah. Absolutely. I love everything you just said. That is the perfect example when we talk about how the energy types interact. So as a manifester, you found inspiration from the external world, right? You found something that went, ooh, something she has, I want, right? Something she has is inspiring. me. So then as a manifester, now mind you, you're an emotional authority, which we haven't talked about yet, but right, whether you waited that emotional wave or not to make that decision, well, we can chat about, but Right, you've got that inspiration. You made that intuitive decision to hire her. So already now her aura, that intense wisdom has been invited in. So when you show up on those calls, if she gives you advice, you're almost ready to take it. You're open. You're, you've asked her, you've paid her to give you that unsolicited advice that is now solicited, right? 
So that first helps you. You followed your inner authority, followed how your aura works. And then she's the same. She's been invited. And then I love what you said when you recognized her for her gifts. Okay. So projectors, they love to be seen, heard, and recognized for their wisdom. A huge part of a projector's thriving is being in the environment where they're being recognized for those gifts. If they're constantly giving advice, sharing wisdom, and they're always being overlooked and they're not being validated and they're not being seen, they really start to feel bitter instead of feeling that success is their um, signature, right? And so when you recognize her in her authenticity, in what she's naturally good at, and she was invited, she feels so lit up, right? And then you both feel empowered. So that's a perfect way rather than if she's out there giving advice to her boyfriend or her friend or her parents who aren't asking for it, she's going to start feeling bitter and get frustrated, right? It's a completely different dynamic when we're following our in alignment. Absolutely. I love all of that. Oh, I love that too. And I like in learning about my human design and understanding how I show up in the world and how I'm designed to show up in the world has really allowed me to show up more in my authentic self and you mentioned earlier shadow work and the connection between human design and shadow work and for me I learned about my human design before I dove into shadow work and so when you said that what came through for me was like my shadow work experience and I spent all of last year all of 2021 in the depths of the shadow and the healing but what came through for me was if I didn't know my human design and I didn't know what my what my not self theme is, which is anger as a manifester, or my aligned theme, my self theme, which is peace. If I didn't know those things, if I didn't know my, you know, my open centers and close centers, defined or undefined, you know, if I didn't know all of those things, I would not have showed up the way that I did in that healing journey. I love it. And, you know, that just means that I wouldn't have gotten what I did get out of out of that shadow work and all the healing and all of those those things that I worked through and, and you know, experienced this. My, human design rule comes back to everything. It really does. It is the it, foundation. It really of, of, no matter what direction you're going in, no matter where you're at in your journey. I've had readings with people who are 60. I've had readings for children as young as six months old, two years old, right? Of course, they're their parents, but right, <laughs> all aspects of these readings, all ages, and it is mind-blowing no matter where you're at on your journey. I've had doctors, naturopaths, coaches, tarot readers, like every walk of life, right? And all different parts of the world. And it's the same reaction. It's like, oh my God, I feel so validated. I feel so seen. I have a manual now. I have something tangible that I can align with. I now know why I do X, Y, and Z. I now know how to shift that. I know why that thought's coming up. It is literally like the answer, not to obviously all our problems, but it really does help us see why those problems are coming up, right? Like it brings awareness to everything we're going through. And even if you're having health problems or digestion problems, It's not going to fix everything, but it might give you that indication of, oh, I'm holding a lot of conditioning here, or I'm completely eating out of alignment with my design, or I'm in the completely wrong environment or whatever it is. And those can be things that we can shift that then can create that more ease in the body, 
right? If you think of disease, we've probably heard this before, it's dis-ease, right? Dis-ease in the body, that can be misalignment. That's when we're living in the not selfie, living in the conditioning. It's not helping ourselves reproduce in the highest frequency, right? They're kind of like reproducing almost in a, this epigenetics now, like reproducing in almost a lower synthetic version of themselves, right? So it, it goes all the way down to our gene keys, our DNA, when we're in alignment or out of alignment, right? You see people who eat healthy versus don't, who move their body versus don't, who get fresh air versus people who don't. It physically does make a difference in our cells and our body, right? On how we, how we develop. <laughs> It's, it's a roadmap, right? It is, yeah. And, but you still have to be the one to walk that path, right? You have to be the one to, to look at the map, to look at your human design chart and say, okay, like, this is what I'm recognizing in myself. Oh, I'm not feeling out of alignment. What, what could this mean related yeah. to this defined center, or this undefined center? And, and that's a lot. And so I think there's, there's so much here and like so much yeah. I want to talk about, but I think, I think the best yeah. way to kind of approach it is when someone comes to you and they have no idea about human design and they you you bring up their chart what are some of the first things that you talk to them about and what what do those things mean yeah perfect i think that's kind of the best place to start in, yeah absolutely the community is kind of its own language it's like when i first learned you know physiotherapy anatomy if you've never looked at anatomy it's its own language mm-hmm. but once you learn it it's very easy but you again just need that expert or need that person to kind of help break it down right so the first place that i start with people is look up your free chart so right uh, we can put my info down below i have a link in my bio you can google free human design chart so that part you can look up on your own no problem you're going to get then the information side and you're going to get the chart so you're going to see nine centers that have some white centers some colored in that's what we can talk about shortly And then you'll see the information side. So it's going to say energy type. And it's going to say one of those five types that we have already talked about. That's the first place to start. You want to know how does my aura show up? What is the, how do people feel me? How do I interact with people, right? How do I navigate the universe, right? Then second, it's going to say strategy. And that's what we can talk about next is every energy type has a strategy. And this is what helps the aura move through life with ease rather than resist. Okay. Or if we're looking at a family reading or a relationship reading, this is what creates the harmony between the auras is when everyone follows their strategy. Okay. So the strategies for a generator or a manifesting generator, this for you is waiting to respond. Okay. So because you have that sacral center, you have what's called a gut response. So you and I don't have this. So we'll talk about ours next. But most people say, listen to your gut, trust your gut. What does your gut say? And what they're actually asking you to do is ask your sacral. Tap into, is it a yes for you or is it a no? Is it a hell yes? Does it feel good? Does it feel exciting? Or is your kind of gut going, "Uh uh-uh, I do not want to do that. I do not want to spend energy on that. That does not light me up. So it's going to be yes or no. And so for many gens and generators, your strategy is to wait for this response. It's to lean back, stop the hustle and forcing and chasing, and actually watch what your enveloping aura is actually bringing to you to respond. So for example, if you're a generator and you saw this podcast title and your sacral went, oh, aha, interesting. 
right? That's a sacral response. If you see a book or a coach or any subject, it can be anything. It can even be food, right? If I say, do you like pizza? And your sacral goes, "Uh uh-huh. Versus if I say, do you like anchovies? Uh Uh-huh. It just listen to the gut, right? Think of a baby trying food. It's very like guttural. It's like, uh uh-huh, 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 I want more. Uh Uh-uh, like they're like making a face. Throwing the bowl. Or Yeah, right? It's very natural. What generators and many gents want to watch out for is getting it into the head, right? Don't want to bring it up to the head. It's not a good idea for sacral beings to weigh the pros and cons, to journal it out, to think it through, because the sacral is very in the moment and it's yes or no. It's do it or don't. It's for you or it's not. And it helps you with timing. It helps you line up with the right people at the right time and the right opportunity. So if we're not listening to our gut as a nanny gen or generator, what happens is you start interacting with people who aren't meant for you, right? It's like, you shouldn't have done it, but you did it. And now you're meeting all these people who you're like, this sucks. This is not where I want to be. Versus when we trust the gut, it makes you in alignment with the correct things for you. So that is the strategy for that. For us, our strategy is to inform people. And the reason for this is because manifestors have that intense and repelling aura. It's kind of saying, get out of my way. I'm doing something. I got things to do, right? I got places to go. So when we don't inform people, what happens is our aura moves and it kind of sends a ripple effect. So the manifestors are like a hurricane on a calm day. We come in hot and we come in all masculine energy. We are yang, yang energy. So it's literally like, You know, we don't mean to be intense, but we don't realize that our aura is meant to impact and influence. So if we don't follow that strategy, people are like, whoa, what are you doing? Where are you going? Why did you leave without telling me? Like they are interrupting our creative flow, asking us questions on what are we doing, right? Because they felt the impact, but they didn't know it was coming, right? And this can be small or big. This can be if you don't show up one day for your day job and you didn't call in. It's like, where is she? Like, you've got to inform people of what you're doing. If you're in a relationship and you want to book a trip with your girlfriends, maybe, you know, inform your partner before you make the purchase. It's you're not asking permission. You're just saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to be gone from this day to this day, right? As opposed to doing it and then getting the, why didn't you tell me? Like, we're busy that month or whatever, right? <laughs> so the biggest thing is to just simply inform. And I want to draw the difference here between asking permission and informing, okay? So as a child, you if you have a kid that is a manifester, you do want to teach them to ask permission because you want to keep them safe. You don't necessarily want them just informing you like, okay, I'm going to walk across the street to the neighbors now. You want a child to say, can I go do this? Am I allowed to do this? Because for them, they are going to be very independent and they're just going to want to go do it without asking, right? But you don't want to get them in trouble every time they kind of initiate or use that manifesting power, because then like we talked about before, you become a people pleaser. You realize, okay, if I stand in my manifester power as a kid, I repel people, I get in trouble, people are upset with me. I'm a bad kid, right? And so we learn to just be a good little person and be a little worker bee, and we don't step into that power. But if you just teach them, it's okay if you go and do that, but just ask me first, just let mom know where you're going. That will help that manifester child stay in their power, but also learn as an adult to then inform. So then they become an adult and they have this automatic, hey, I'm going to go do this, right? It turns into informing. 
Does that make sense for the manifesting? It does make sense. And I know yeah. for me, like informing is still something that I struggle with and I have to, yeah. you know, be really intentional about informing people about what I'm doing or, you yeah. know, because I am a retired people pleaser. Love it. And, you know, like, like I said, we tend to manifestors that we kind of tend to mold ourselves into the other design types, usually manifesting generator, because we do have such big energy that, you know, we hear a lot of that's too much. Don't do that because we don't inform, you know, and it, it becomes a whole thing. But that may, absolutely makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And so the informing part, again, it's just you've already used your inner authority, which we chat about next up. You've made the decision for yourself. You're not still in the, I think I'm going to, what do you think about this? You've made the decision. It's just informing. And if you're a coach, this can look like, like a generator can get away with kind of an instantaneous launch where they're like, hey, tomorrow I'm launching this program. That can be a little bit more in alignment for a, a generator. For a manifester, it's better to say, hey, I've got something exciting coming stay tuned, right? Like I'm informing you that in a month or in two weeks, I'm going to be launching something. So you don't have to do this again. Being a manifester is really about what feels good to be and doing what the hell you want, honestly. But also obviously be mindful about the people too. But it's really about following your your bliss and, and your creative process. But that informing piece just helps create the ease for everyone else. And I like what you said, it's very hard for you. That's another note is because we are yang yang energy, we are here to hustle and initiate. And the Nike saying, just do it, that was born for, that was made for a manifest, <laughs> right? Just do it, right? All the rules that we have, a lot of the hierarchy is because a manifestor said, let's do this. We need this in place. We need this structure. But then this is like kind of left it for other people to follow through, right? Because manifestors, we didn't really touch on this, but because you're, we're here to initiate, the follow through isn't always up to us. Now it can be if you're lit up by it, you have the energy for it and you want to do the work, you want to do the follow through of something. But there are times where you just have the idea, you're the leader, you're the person who came up with the game plan. And then it's fine to have a team or a BA or, you know, somebody just to help you with the things you don't really want to do. That helps save your energy for your creative process. Where generators and many gens can have that too, but they tend to like to do the work. They want to be out there going and going and doing the things because they're builders, right? They're, they're mastering those skills. Where manifestors are like, I got this idea. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, I'm over it now. Let's go on to something else. I want to rest. Let's go play. Like we are very much like we come in hot and then we die out. We need to rest. We come in again. It's bursts and urges with manifestors. Mm -hmm. It's not this consistent energy like the generator. So just honoring that, right? And, and kind of seeing how that feels for you and how it shows up for you. But informing because of that masculine energy won't always feel natural. So it is something that we have to um, kind of look for. And the same kind of conditioning though for generators and many gen, they have to wait to respond, but they've been conditioned to be a manifester. They've been conditioned to hustle and chase and go do it and get out there. Right. So every energy type kind of has conditioning to be like the other. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you see the, the girl in school with curly hair and you want her hair. So you do everything you can to make your hair curly when really she wants your very straight hair. Right. Uh, That's what it reminds me of. It's like we have, you know, we are who we are, but then we're like, how can I be the, something else? Yeah. 
yeah, or parts of the world that want to be more tanned or more white skinned or more fair haired or dark haired. Absolutely. We always kind of are longing to be something that, you know, we're not instead of just accepting. And that's the shadow work, right? Accepting who we are and looking at that for its value. Absolutely. So for manifestors and forming for projectors, we talked a bit about it. It's waiting for the invitation. So kind of like how you invited that coach or if a projector just asks to be invited, hey, do you mind if I share this rather than just sharing it? That waiting for the invitation is going to allow them to be seen, heard, and recognized in their true gift, okay? For projectors, it's also really important for pleasure and play and self-care and not working, and same with manifestors, not working really, really long hours. Our world now, our society is not really designed for manifestors and projectors to thrive, right? Because we would love a four to six hour workday and then go play, rest, pleasure, tap into all the luxury things, right? Where not to say man or generators don't, but again, they're the people with three jobs. They're the ones who work the nine to five, then go to the gym at 9 p.m. or running at 6 a.m. and then go to work or run their kids here and there. And they do it almost effortlessly. And then they just sleep and they wake up and they do it again. Manifestors and projectors sometimes look at those people and go like, how do you have that much energy? When I do four to six hours, I am done. Like, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to do this extra thing. Or if we're at a party, we might mingle for a few hours and then we're like, dude, I'm ready to go home. Like, I don't want to be here until 3 a.m. Where generators could party all day long. This is just examples, right? of how these energy types interact. So when you just know who you are, it makes sense as to how we show up naturally, right? But for projectors, it's really that pleasure and self-care and trying to really shrink down your work weeks. I have a client and she does stained glass. And when she first had her reading, she's a projector. She was working 10 to 12 hour days, like burning herself out. She was making all of these custom pieces, right? People pleasing, trying to do all the things. After her reading, she went down to four, four to six hour work days, making only what she wants. And she started doing 10K months. Mm -hmm. It's not always, not to say this is going to happen effortlessly for everyone, but that's an example of alignment. When we stop trying to be something that we know does not feel good. When we know we're feeling sick, we're burned out, we're frustrated, we're angry. We have to realize that we're out of alignment with who we are actually meant to be. And when we show up as who we're meant to be, things start to create more ease, right? The universe responds to that alignment. So that's just an example of a projector waiting for that invitation, right? Of me kind of giving her that permission to step into it. I invited her, hey, try this, step into alignment because you can give a projector an invitation as well. Hey, I'd love you to be part of this team. I'd love you to be on this project with me. We'd love to have you as a guest speaker, right? President Obama was a projector. We'd love you to be the president of our United States, right? Whatever it is, you, as long as they're invited in, that's where they'll really be recognized for that wisdom, okay? So waiting for an invitation, this does not mean I have so many projectors will DM me, but I really want to create this thing. I really want to launch this program. Do I have to sit around and wait for an invitation? So the invitation is more when it comes to that intense advice, that sharing of the wisdom. You can still launch programs. You can still create, right? You're still solving problems for people. But then when the person hires, that's the invitation, right? To share even deeper. So just a, a clarification is you're not just sitting around twiddling your thumbs, waiting to respond as a generator or waiting for a invitation. You're still living your life, doing things that satisfy you. 
You're just paying attention to what your aura is inviting you to do. Okay, does that make sense? Perfect. And then reflectors are 1%, but they have to actually wait a whole lunar cycle to kind of make big decisions in their life. Obviously, the little decisions, that's a little harder to do. But if they have to make a big life decision, if they don't wait their strategy, there can be a lot of confusion there because they're completely undefined. They have no where in their body that's giving them discernment. They have no gut response. They have no splenic intuitive hits because they're open, right? Where every other energy type has an inner authority, which is where they're meant to make decisions from. And we can touch base on that a little bit next. But for reflectors, they don't have that. They have no inner authority. So it's literally, okay, I'm going to wait to see how the moon cycles work, how the planets work, what's the energy of the collective. And they kind of have to give themselves more space and time to feel into it. Because every day they could feel a little bit different about that decision because they're absorbing the energy around them. Okay, so theirs is a little bit unique. But those are the strategies. That's the second place to start. So now you know your energy type and strategy. Third place I would say is inner authority. And that's that, where do I make my decisions from? This is a huge piece because I don't know if you remember when you found out you were an emotional inner authority. I have probably 90% of my emotionally defined people that I do readings for cry on my reading. Not sad tears, tears of relief that, oh my God, I meant to be this emotional. It's okay that I'm an emotional person. That's normal. That can be validated. That's part of my intuition. It's like this literal, like, you see the tears welling up and they're like, I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. But it's a puzzle that literally we have been shamed for. Like, you're dramatic. You're too emotional. Why are you upset as a kid? What's wrong? Oh, why do you cry all the time? It can be anything, right, of this shame and guilt around being emotional. So emotionally defined people is only one of the inner authorities. But yeah, what's your your take on that? I remember kind of, I remember actually when I first learned about emotional authority, like feeling almost disconnected from it because... Because like you said, you hear you're too sensitive. You're, why do you cry all the time? Stop your crying. Why, you know, and whatever emotion you're feeling, don't be sad. Don't be mad. Oh my goodness. You're so happy. Like, yes. And in a, in a world where sharing our emotions openly is so frowned upon, taboo, like. Absolutely. Where we can't fully express ourselves without someone telling us that we're too much of something yep i felt very disconnected from it i felt like my initial reaction was i don't want to be an emotional authority yeah right like i've spent so much time separating myself from my emotions and from expressing them and sharing them even with myself much less other people that i was that I struggled with that because I didn't want to learn how to do that. <laughs> it's, I had a reading the other day who said, is there any way to change that? <laughs> I think no, we got to been asked. I think I've asked that same thing. <laughs> but yeah, and that, okay. yeah, yeah. And, and that's conditionally. And I've learned to, yeah. you know, be okay with that and to, yeah. you know, and I, I believe in, that we're moving into this new world, this new paradigm where being more open is is so much more acceptable. And then, you know, that also comes back to 
connection, right? Connecting to other people, finding your, you know, soul group of people that you can be that way with, that you can express yourself with. And, you know, finding those safe spaces for yourself, which I feel like so many of us um, don't have or feel like we don't have. But yeah, my initial reaction was, no, thank you. I don't yeah, that. <laughs> that is such a good point, right? Because that's what I always say too at the beginning of my readings. Let me know if something resonates, but also let me know if it doesn't. Because if something doesn't resonate or there's resistance there, shadow work, right? There is yep. something to dive into there. There is conditioning, there is shame, there is guilt, there is suppression of some kind. Some people with emotions are suppressive and some people are reactive, right? In the gene keys, which is diving into the shadow work like gates and channels it really looks at that piece of it where it's like where what's keeping you up what keeps showing up what are you either reacting to or suppressing in that emotional way some people get angry get cold some people view emotions as weakness some people right they they get overwhelmed by emotions and other people are very emotionally intelligent and they know how to use that as their superpower so there's such a vast variety of shadow work that can come up with just the emotional side alone yeah. right so yeah and if you're emotionally defined you automatically that is your inner authority because if that is defined emotions rule all so if you're a generator or a manifesting generator you will still have the sacral defined but if you have that bottom right hand corner is brown, that bottom triangle at the right, your inner authority will say emotional generator, emotional maybe gen. And so that means that you don't have truth in the now. You have to ride that emotional wave in order to trust that gut response. All right. So you're going to get this. Uh-huh. You're going to get this. Yes. The gut is always going to respond first. But then you're either going to get excited or nervous. The wave will start at one end or the other. And so you want to just give yourself space and time. You want to say things like, I'll let you know on Monday. I'll get back to you. Let me think on it. You know, how long before you need an answer? You just want to give yourself space and time to feel the nervousness, the pessimism, the excitement, the positive. Feel all of the feelings. You're not even really thinking the decision through. You're just allowing your body to go through the emotional wave that it's naturally going to go through, okay? So if you if you are a generator or mini-gen, get the gut response. That's your breadcrumb. That's like, okay, there's something here for me. But then as for the timing of when to go for that thing, when to let go of that thing, when to purchase that thing, that's what you want to wait for that clarity. So you're going to ride the wave and then you're going to get to a point. It could be an hour later. It could be two weeks later. It could be two months later. The waves are going to depend on the decision, how fast that decision is. So once you feel like, okay, I'm not nervous anymore, but I'm not even really excited. I just feel calm about this. I feel like 70 to 80% clarity that this is for me. That's when you can act. Not out of a place of, oh my God, I'm so excited. This is the best thing ever. And not out of a place of, oh my God, screw this. I really don't want to do it. There's nothing good. That's emotional decision-making, right? A lot of people get confused that like emotional inner authority means you're making a decision out of emotion, but it's actually that you are emotional and you want to allow the emotion to pass before you make that decision. You want the clarity, not the emotion making decision, okay? This can even be having conversations with a partner, right? If it's something gets heated and you get pissed off, don't continue having and acting out of that place of I'm pissed off. Nothing good will come of it, <laughs> right? Nope. Because you're acting <laughs> from a place of low emotion. We can both relate to this. 
what you want to do is not storm off and say, screw this. I don't, I can't handle this. I'm emotional. My emotions matter for it. That's not what we're trying to do. It's saying, listen, I feel myself getting upset. I know I'm emotional. I'm not thinking clearly. This matters to me. I want to talk about this, but I'm just going to take some time, cool down, come back to calm, and then we can talk about it. And sometimes there won't even be anything left to talk about. And other times you can come back at it from a calm place and, and solve that discussion. But storming off out of emotion or proceeding the conversation out of emotion, 99.99% of the time will never work out well for you. Bad idea. <laughs> and even sending that email when you're pissed off or that message, just wait till you reach clarity. Wait till it passes and then proceed. Now, the tabloids, the paparazzi, they love emotionally defined celebrities. Justin Bieber, huge example of that when he first started out. Let's piss him off and then film him, right? Mm -hmm. They do that with a lot of emotionally defined people. It's like, let's aggravate them, set them off, and then we can film it. And they do that with all social media, a lot of viral videos, right? It's like you can't, and if the person doesn't know they're emotionally defined, it's really hard to separate yourself and not react from that place. That's the, that's the work, right? Because the intuition, whatever is meant for you will be there when you wait for that thing. If you rush the decision and you're acting and you're committing out of excitement or pessimism, 99% of the time, that thing was not for you. Like now you've committed and now you don't feel the same way. It's even like you're out with your friends and they're like, hey, let's do this thing. And you're like, yeah, for sure. I'll do it. And you wake up the next day. You're like, I do not want to do that at all. <laughs> like, why did I say I was going to do that? Right. You can relate. <laughs> I can absolutely relate. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So you've made that commitment and then you changed your mind. So just give yourself space. There is no pressure here. It's permission to take your time with things. It's a very freeing thing, right? Because it's like, okay, I can wait to tell this emotion passes. There's no pressure because what is meant for me will be there when I get the clarity. That's the whole point, right? So we don't need the FOMO thing because if it's gone, when you get the clarity, it was not meant for you, right? If the offer on the house, if the house is gone and you waited for clarity, you're like, okay, well, I'm ready. If that house isn't there, it wasn't meant for you. If it's still there, when you get the clarity, that's in alignment, right? Awesome. So that's emotional authority. That's only one of them. So then we have sacral. So if you're a pure generator or a pure manifesting generator, it's just trust your gut. In the now, in the moment, what is a yes for you? What is a no? What do you have energy for? What do you not have energy for? So, right, that's if you ask when that game where you like ask rapid fire questions, right? Yes and no questions. You're trying to bypass the mind. So you and I don't have that ability. We cannot tap into our gut, which is why a lot of our life we felt indecisive, mm -hmm. right? Because it's like, I don't know what that gut feels like, that gut response. And because we're emotional, we feel even more indecisive because it takes us time to get clarity, right? So there's a lot of conditioning there. We often go on just indecisive. Well, no, you're not. You're emotionally fine. Right? You're emotional inner authority. That is your process. Pure generators and minigens, like I said, just trust the gut. What brings you joy? What's satisfying you? What are the hell yeses? You also cannot project this three months down the road. Like, okay, what do I want to launch in June? If you're a pure manigen, that's not going to necessarily be your strategy because three months down the road or when you get to that, you know, the summer months, you may have something else lighting you up. It may be like, oh, I really want to launch this now, right? In the moment. So it's important to just listen to that. What do you want to go live on now? What's inspiring you now? 
don't be like, okay, I really want to talk about this thing, but I'll, I'll do that two weeks from now, right? And you're going to schedule that post. That isn't always how many gens and generators thrive. It's more like, oh, I want to do it. Let's go, right? It's in the moment. And that's that waiting for a response. You're not chasing, forcing, or hustling. You're waiting for something to go, ah, yes. And then you're responding to that thing. Okay, so that's a pure sacral inner authority. We also have splenic inner authorities, which are for projectors or manifestors, because if you have the sacral, it will override that. So splenic means it's like your spidey sense. So this is the little quiet voice in your head that will say, don't do that. Don't get in that car or don't trust that person. It's like it speaks once and it speaks softly. That's your splenic center. And your splenic center is often a yes until it's a no. Like it feels good. And then it will all of a sudden be like, uh-huh, not safe, not for me. This is no longer in alignment. It's a very, again, in the moment. But the thing with the sacral is you can ask a yes or no question and it will keep giving you the same response. If your spleen says, don't trust that person and you hear it and you choose to do opposite, it's not going to keep telling you not to trust that person. It's just going to unfold. And it's either going to have like, what, you know, what is that? You've already not listened too bad. So sad. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Like I told you not to do it. You did it. Sorry. So you really have to quiet the mind and trust that inner knowing because the logical mind is not always going to know why. These are the people who say, I don't know why, but I really need to tell you this. Or I don't know why I just really have to call this person. Or we got to go now. We got to leave. And they like miss an accident, right? Like, Though that intuition of I don't logically know, but I feel it in my body. It's an inner knowing and it's telling me to move. An example of this in animals would be a deer eating grass, nice and calm. And all of a sudden their splenic center says, you're not safe, move. And their head perks up and they don't think about it. They run, right? A horse, same thing. That fight or flight, that's kind of what our splenic center is trying to do. So if splenic center, if it says inner authority splenic, you want to trust that inner knowing again. Don't weigh the pros and cons. Don't journal it out. Trust what feels in alignment for you in your body, what feels safe, okay? And then we have mental inner authority and self-projected. These two are a little bit trickier for people because they do better with journaling. They do better hearing their own thoughts, self-projected, right, or mental. They're in their head a lot. So they have a sounding board, someone that they can talk to that will not give them advice, but will just listen. As those people talk through their decisions, they're like, oh, okay, I get it. I hear myself. I know what I need to do. And we probably have friends like that where you're like, you don't even need me. You're just using me as a sounding board. (laughs) And that's what most people do best with. They just need voice memos or journaling, giving themselves space to look at it from different angles and just sort of see their own perspective on it. And that's how they gain clarity. And then we also have the ego, which is usually a manifester. And that's when you have the defined heart center and it says inner authority ego. These are usually manifestors where it's like, follow your passion. What like desires, what passion is burned so deep in you that it's like your willpower has to bring it forward. It's a really, really heartfelt place. Again, it's not coming from the mind. It's not coming from a should or have to or people pleasing. It's this heartfelt thing of, I really want to bring this to the world. That's the inner authority of the ego. So those are the inner authorities. So that is a very long-winded answer of those are the energy type, strategy, and inner authority. 
all of the other stuff, the profiles, the gates, the channels, the defined and undefined centers, learning your incarnation cross, which is your soul's purpose. Those things are amazing. But if you don't have the foundation, then it's harder to align with those things. Just like you said, when I had the foundation, my shadow work was easier, right? So it's like, that's why it just makes all of the other stuff easier to digest when we have the basics of energy type strategy and authority. Ah, any questions about all of that? I mean, not from me, but I feel like there, there are people listening and, and they're feeling a lot of questions come up. Human design is such a vast. Oh, yeah. It's it's a vast thing. It is a very big can of worms to open up. And I think, you know, it's overwhelming. It is. It's overwhelming to learn all of these things and to learn about this piece of yourself and not even a piece of yourself, your whole self, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, we learn about, quote unquote, new whole self that we have right and, and it's not new in the way that it's always been there right your human design yeah. is your human design the awareness of it the awareness is new and you know stepping into that learning about it and what it means versus how you've actually been living how you've actually been showing up for yourself in in your business and in your life and in your relationships and in every aspect of your life it's very overwhelming to recognize this is my soul this is the roadmap to me yeah and this is how this is how i'm moving forward this is what i'm taking from this roadmap and this is how i'm walking forward on this again not new but new path (laughs) yeah absolutely it's yeah i think i think a good place to kind of wrap up this section because you're coming back. Dogs, <laughs> but I love it. Manifester informing a fellow manifester. Perfect. You're coming back. <laughs> I think I think a good place to wrap this up is to explain or, or talk a little bit about how understanding all of these these basic stuff can change your life. You know, why would someone want to learn about human design? How does it benefit them? How does it help them? And, you know, I know how learning about all this has helped me in in terms of shadow work and showing up for myself and you know recognizing that disconnect that I felt from being an emotional authority versus how I spent my life up into that point and and bringing that with me and diving into that shadow which is an entire other section of human design like when yeah. we're talking about gates and gene keys yeah <laughs> that's a third episode right there but it's <laughs> You know, why yeah. would someone want to do this? We are in the age of Aquarius. We are in 2020. And it's kind of the time now where it's like, if you don't jump on the board of personal development and you're not doing the shadow work and you're not looking deeper, you're going to feel left behind. And you're, you're not in the a boat. fear tactic, right? Miss not at all in the fear tactic. But like, you're going to miss the boat. Right? This is where we are evolving to, right? Empowerment, individualism. Not to say we're not going to have the tribal energy and the community energy. We are already seeing a significant number of people becoming entrepreneurs. This Mm -hmm. is the 80% of generators unplugging from the matrix and saying, you are not taking my energy anymore. You are not hooking me up (laughs) and sucking my life force out of me and then sending me home with nothing, nothing left for myself, nothing left for my family and not even making enough money 
really to thrive, right? It's like sucking the energy and giving the bare minimum. We're seeing the shift now where it's like, nope, I'm unplugging from this matrix. I use that as an example because they're hooked up to the machines, right? They're taking their life force energy in that movie. And it's kind of a similar effect. So yeah, by doing that, we're seeing these generators going on building and mastering what I like, right? What actually lights me up. So what we're going to see is better health. We're going to see better parenting because these parents, these mothers and fathers are not coming home exhausted, emotionally burnt out, frustrated, angry, bitter. They're feeling recognized. They're feeling satisfied. They're feeling peaceful. They're knowing how to manage their emotions and teach their kids how to manage emotion. It's like, right? So everyone wins when we know more about ourselves. So the only way we can create this collective change in a bigger way is if we each individually do the shadow work, right? That's how we heal collective trauma and collective shadow patterns is when we deal with the fear and the suppression in, in ourselves. So that's why I love doing both individual relationship and family readings, because whether you're single and you want to learn, you know, why have my relationships not worked or how do I show up the best in my relationships? Or how do I show up for myself being a single person where I don't want to have to need somebody else? I want to know how to be authentically me and know my power and know what, again, these patterns, these shadows. Or again, I'm married, I'm in a relationship and I want to know the strengths of my partner. I want to know why they do what they do. I want to know how we work together. I want to know where there's tension and resistance coming up and why that's coming up. When we look at two charts together, we often have opposites attract. This is a good thing, but then when we've been in this relationship for a while, sometimes those opposite things can cause tension because we start to think, well, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it your way and my way is the right way. So the beauty of human design, especially relationship readings, is that you're looking at who you are and who they are and not trying to change it. You're honoring it and showing up and how to communicate with each other on that level. Same with parenting. You could have three children. I'm a manifester. My brother's a projector. My sister's a generator. My dad's a generator. My mom's a manifester. We have this whole soup mix of energy in that household as we were growing up. None of us knew our human side. So we all try to be like either mom or dad. We all try to figure out well, who am I? By emulating, right? Who we are around. But when you learn your kids' human design, you can raise them according to who they are so that they learn, okay, I know how to trust my own intuition as a young adult, right? They learn discernment. You're not trying to project onto them what you think they should do and what you think is best for them. It's literally a roadmap to this is how this kid works, this is how this kid works, and this is how this kid works. This is how you can interact with them to right, to create alignment and you're truly seeing them for who they are, right? Like I said, we're in 2022 where it's individualism. We're moving away from like the cookie cutter mold of just being good and working hard and we're all the same. It's not about that anymore. And I think that human design is becoming more popular because it really allows people to own that. This is who I am and I can stand confidently in that because it's, look, it's my, it's my blueprint. We put in your birth information and it's you, right? It's not like a personality. So like being all these different energy types in my family, you either mimic one parent or another. You tend to kind of 
be that conditioned of who you're around, who are your leaders, who are your mentors, right? That kind of thing. It's going to even be emulating a teacher, right? That it doesn't matter the authority figure, but we learn to emulate those things. So human design is that blueprint to show you exactly who you are or exactly how to raise each child differently. If you're looking at it from a parenting standpoint to really again, move into that individualism away from just that cookie cutter way of being where everybody's the same. And we all just have to kind of be good and follow, follow the rules. It's really about like, what are your unique gifts? What are your life experiences? What have you been through and how can you bring that and help the collective or how can you create more harmony in, in your household with your children or your relationship. So there's so many layers. And again, if you're a coach in business, I love using human design of like, how can you run your business in alignment with you and take out the guesswork, right? Should I do 360 day, 365 day lives? Or should I use this strategy or that strategy? Once you know your human design, it's a lot easier to come up with a game plan that's going to work with you. So it takes the guesswork out of it. Yes, that's, that's how you can implement it or kind of why is just to create harmony in either personal development, relationships, parenting, or business, any of the aspects you're struggling in, or all of the aspects, right? You can dive into all of the aspects as well. Um, but it will really provide that clarity and that validation and give you a blueprint to keep coming back to. I love all of that. And I, I, one of my favorite things to say is a powerful collective is made up of powerful individuals. Because, Definitely. you know, this this new world that we're moving into, you know, it starts with us, right? And so often we're so focused on helping other people and helping other people move through what they're moving through and what they, you know, what on their path, right? That we neglect our own. Mm-hmm. But really all of that, you know, that healing and that work and the shift that we're seeing now in this in this new age is... It starts with us, right? A powerful collective is made up of powerful individuals. And I mm. I really think that human design is a massive part of the way there. Like, human yeah. design is understanding your very being, your very core, understanding your energy and your aura and what that looks like and literally what it feels like, right? I know yeah. when I start to feel <laughs> angry, when I start to even, even when I start to feel overwhelmed, you know, the next thing for me is frustration. And then the next thing for me is anger, which is a manifestor's not self theme. Right. And so learning to learning about that, first of all, and then learning to recognize it in yourself and recognize it before you get there. Right. It's such a powerful, such a powerful thing. And I know so many people and it's funny that you bring up your family because I, I was just having this conversation literally yesterday with a friend of mine. She has three boys. They're all generators. She is a generator. Her husband is a manifester. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a manifester. We were talking about how kind of the, the the manifester energy, right? And I just thought I was like mind blown that all of them are generators. Yeah. Except for him. Percent, right? and, <laughs> and I and I know that the majority of the population are generators, yeah. but it, it blew my mind that everyone in that family is is a generator and you know and I have other friends who looked up their child's human design chart so that they could parent their children or or their child in an aligned way right and we're just seeing 
so much of that. And And it takes the stress off of the parent Mm -hmm. trying to go, why is this child defiant? Why is this child having emotional meltdowns? How do I work with this child? What is right or wrong, right? You're trying to figure it out instead of just, okay, this is who they are. So therefore we communicate with them in this way, right? Like it's, it makes it so much easier on that parent because parenting is so stressful when you're trying to figure out what does my child need, right? Like what is in their best interest? So once you know, okay, this is how they thrive. This is how they're meant to operate. It really makes it easier on the parent as well, for sure. Human design is the way forward. It's it's it really is a new yeah. world and uh I'm yeah. so I'm so happy. And it's that fun too. The heavy fun. and dark, it's very fun and interesting <laughs> as well. And even in relationship readings, I've had couples where yeah, there's some resistance, but they're laughing at each other and we're, mm-hmm. you know, it's a very light thing. It's not like a marriage counseling or a, a session of therapy. It's like we can kind of make light of the funny things that we do in relationships or who does what. And as a third party coach, I'm, I'm the one kind of saying who brings what energy and how it works together rather than it being a finger pointing game. You do things this way, you do things that way. Right. Yeah. So, so there's so much fun that can be had as well. And you don't have to necessarily do that with your partner as well. Your kids don't have to be there. This is all something you can do on your own. Like my boyfriend and I have been together for 12 years, almost 13 years. He doesn't really care about human design. He's very much like masculine brain. He finds it interesting, but like not of course at the depth that I do, but Mm -hmm. me knowing his human design helps me regardless of whether he even knows his or not. Right. So even if you have a partner or a family dynamic where no one else is interested in it, you can still show up for them and work with them and communicate with that with them and help healthier ways and create more harmony just on your own, right? How you show up is 99% of the game. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So and it's fun regardless, whether the partner's there or not there, whether you do it on your own or my Instagram has tons of free content, right? You can just dive in little tidbits at a time as well. If you're not really ready to, to do a whole chart reading too. So many aspects. Deep people. If Absolutely. Yeah. You can dip your toe in or you can jump all in. All <laughs> is up to you. Oh my gosh. I, I love human design. And I, I love, I'm so happy that you're here and I'm so grateful that you. Thanks for having me. To me and, and wanted to be here. Cause I, I, I love it. I love it so much. And again, this is me informing you. Yep. Coming Sounds back, good. coming back it. Um, got for, it. for a second episode, part two, part three, part four, yeah. you know, human design is so vast. Oh yeah. We can talk profiles, defined and undefined centers, gates and channels. There's so much more to dive into. So much sure. more to dive into. But for now, if someone, if you've piqued someone's interest and they're listening and they're wondering how to connect with you, what, what you offer, how you can help them, where do they go? Where do they find you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Cindy Regier. You can also go to my website, designintelligence.ca if you want to book a reading on there, but you can also follow me on Facebook, Cindy Regier, nice and easy to find. And I also have a Facebook group living aligned. So if you want any free content, you can hit my Instagram up or Facebook. There's tons of videos and content just to help get you started. See if it's something you're interesting in, interested in, 
and see if things resonate with you. You can email me at Cindy underscore regular at hotmail.com. You can ask me questions on any of these platforms as well. Yeah. And I do, like I said, one-on-one coaching as well as individual readings, relationship readings, and family readings. We do these readings live on Zoom, so you can interact with me, ask me any questions that you have, and they're also recorded for you to keep because sometimes it's nice to refer back mm-hmm. as you're moving <laughs> through things to re-listen as well. So lots of ways you can work with me. Lots of ways, and I'll have all the links to you know all of that Perfect. so people can connect with you. It'll all be in the show now, so easy to find, easy to connect with you. And I have one last question for you. And that is, what does luxuriously fierce mean to you? Oh, this is a good one. I love the name, by the way. So (laughs) to me, I would say it's such a good harmony of that masculine feminine energy. The luxuriously to me is like the inner goddess. It's like the emotionally intelligent using the senses, right? Like whether it's candles and bubble bath or whatever luxury is, it can be barefoot on a beach. It does not have to be material things but to me that luxuriously is like the inner goddess of whatever that feminine energy feels to you and that self-care nurturing and then you've got the fierce which is like the masculine energy the hustle the going right and I think that the two together is what we need in our collective and as women we need to honor both the goddess side the feminine side the leaning back receiving self-care with the fierceness, the authenticity and integrity. Yeah. So I love that name, but that's what I would say it means to me is that, that harmony, that duality of masculine and feminine. I love that. I love that so much. Perfect. I love it. It's a great name. It's a perfect. Thank you. And your answer is a perfect embodiment of what luxuriously fierce is and what I want for it to be and what I want for it to be for, to be for other people. Right. And Mm -hmm. I love it. Oh my gosh, this has been so expansive and so, just so much fun. And I agree. I'm so, I'm so grateful that you're here and then we got to have this conversation and I'm really excited for, for you to come back and to share even more with us. I look forward to it. If you loved this episode or know someone who would, share it and show some love. Screenshot the episode in the app, share it to your Instagram stories along with your favorite fierce moment from the episode. And don't forget to tag me at Luxuriously Fierce Podcast. You can also subscribe, leave a review, and follow me on Instagram at Luxuriously Fierce Podcast and at Luxuriously Fierce underscore. Thank you for listening to today's episode and don't forget to tune in next week for more things Luxuriously Fierce. The Luxuriously Fierce podcast is sponsored by Goddess Support, an oracular online business management company providing you high-level intentional support so you can be the creative and visionary in your business. Goddess Support goes the distance that traditional business coaching doesn't. Imagine having a turnkey team of goddesses that have your back with everything from strategy to implementation. That's what's possible with Goddess Support. We exist to serve the goddess that is you, and we are honored to help fulfill your big vision. Learn more at goddess.support or find us on Instagram at goddess.support.